Hello, and welcome to the Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe, a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. I want to thank everyone who reached out to me to check on my health after my announcement two weeks ago that I had COVID. I am feeling much better. I am on the mend. However, I'm also glad that I postponed the launch of our website so that we could get it right one week from today. And I hope you will check it out and see what we have available for writers. In the meantime, we are in the middle of a series on how to tell if your story idea is any good. And the idea is to help you to not waste time. Which brings us to today's topic. What I want to talk to you about specifically today is how to evaluate whether or not your story idea is actually commercial. Now, here's the thing. We can be snotty when it comes to this. A lot of us can start to feel that being commercial means that we've sold out or that we're creating formulaic stuff. And I'd like to encourage you to change your mind about that. All I mean by asking if it's commercial is, does it have mass appeal? And that's something we should want. But in addition to mass appeal, the question becomes, can it be published or produced? Now, I have a list of 10 points for you to consider as you test whether or not your story idea is commercial. But before I dive into that, there's one thing I need to remind you because this is why this test is important. At the end of the day, the powers that be are afraid to say yes. Hollywood is looking for a reason to say no. Publishers are looking for a reason to say no, because the truth of the matter is it's a risky business. So everybody is looking to say yes to something with lower risk. That is true in life. I mean, that is true across the board in every single industry, even in our personal lives. So of course it's true here. So what they're often looking for is something that we would call a tent pole story, which just means that it's something that tends to sell because it's got something supporting it already. It's less of a risk. So the 10 things that I'm going to go into make it less of a risk for one of two reasons. Either A, it already has some sort of track record or trend that can be counted on, or B, the cost is such that there's a pretty good chance of a return on the investment. In other words, is there an audience? Does it have a high potentiality of selling? And how much is it gonna cost to get this to that audience? Those are the two things they're looking for. So without further ado, let me dive right in. Number one, name recognition. Does your story idea have any sort of name recognition that makes it less of a risk? So for example, is it based on anything famous? Is it based on a trend or a comic book hero or something popular in pop culture? Is it a historical event that got a lot of airplay? Is it something relevant right now in culture that is time sensitive that needs to get out right now? These are the types of things that they're looking at. So for example, Comic book movies are very, very big right now. And so if you happen to have the rights to a comic book, it would have a really good chance of getting looked at. 
Clearly, there are going to be stories about Trump and the election. Now, a lot of them might be documentaries or nonfiction books that cover those events. However, there are going to be things based on this particular historical event or COVID. This is an event that's getting a lot of airplay. So is your story based on anything famous? Is there name recognition? Because that already gives it a leg up. Number two, is it a tentpole genre? Now, what do I mean by that? Well, there are certain genres that tend to sell better. In the movie world, this means thrillers, action adventures, and comedies. And here's why. They tend to sell in the ancillary markets. Furthermore, thrillers have small casts, lots of suspense, person-to-person violence, so they cost less to make. Now, ironically, action adventures have car chases and things that blow up. They're very expensive. They're huge. They're productions. But those also tend to have a huge market in the worldwide arena. And comedies, romantic or broad, these are stories that tend to sell. Now, Hollywood wants things like Saving Private Ryan and Jurassic Park, but not from you yet. You have to earn the right You have to already be a name yourself to be able to even submit stories like that. So for you novelists out there who consider your story a good possibility to be turned into a film, you might consider writing for one of these three genres, provided, of course, that you can write for those genres well. Some of us can't. But if you have a propensity for any of those three genres, they're good ones. Okay, number three. Is your story based on previously published material? Now, obviously, this can be a little complicated if you're a novelist and you're basing your story on something that was previously published, but it might be in a different area. It might have been a nonfiction book that you're turning into something else, or it might have been a story that was published in a magazine, or it might have been a newspaper clipping. Think about all the plays that have been made into films or one-woman or one-man shows that have been performance-oriented. The Big Sick is an example of a comedian who had a bunch of material for his stand-up and ended up making a movie about it. Same thing with My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That woman was doing stand-up comedy. That's still previously published material. However, if you're a screenwriter and you're basing your screenplay on something that actually made it into a book form, then Hollywood will usually give it a good once-over because a book means that somebody actually saw some merit in the project already and was willing to take a risk on it. Remember, this is a game about lowering the risk, making it less risky for somebody to invest in your project. So if somebody from the publishing industry said yes, then that means the Hollywood executive has someone backing them. They're not at risk of being shamed because they saw merit in a project that nobody else does. They can look at it and go, oh, look, somebody else also thought this was worth it, and it bolsters their confidence. So it's always good to see if your story idea is based on any sort of previously published material. Number four, holiday material particularly Christmas or Thanksgiving, you have to keep in mind these are ginormous consumer holidays. The consumer culture has to have something new to sell. They are always looking for holiday fare. Now, it's gotten so ridiculous now, even over this last Christmas, there were so many holiday movies and 
Hardly any of them were any good. It was terrible. And yet they still got made. Why? Because everybody's looking for good holiday fare. And once in a while, they might get lucky. But guess what? They know they're going to be able to sell it. So if you can set your movie over the holiday, or if you can set your novel, tie it somehow to Christmas or Thanksgiving, you have a better chance, believe it or not. It gives your project a leg up. Okay, number five, is your story targeted towards the young adult market? Now again, this comes back to film. The largest demographic of moviegoers is between 16 and 35 years old and they are remarkably undiscriminating in their tastes. So a good date movie is always commercial. Now again, I wouldn't recommend that you try to write for the young adult market if that's not your area of expertise or if that's not your natural gifting. But if it is, milk it for everything it's worth. Okay, number six. Is your story true? True stories are always interesting if they're well-written. One of the screenplays that I was hired to write was based on the true story of the very first female firefighter ever to be hired by the Dallas Fire Department in the 1970s. And it was fascinating. I have no ability to get it made because I don't own the rights. I was a writer for hire. Nevertheless, it's a true story. And so a true story, well-written, automatically interests people. We are fascinated. And there are some true stories that get made that if they weren't true, they wouldn't be any good. But because they're true, we're interested anyway. Think about Captain Phillips, which I've mentioned before. It was not a very good film, and yet it got made. So the point is, if your story is based on something true, it gives you a leg up. Number seven, is there urgency associated with any part of your story? The question you're asking is, why does this story need to be told now? Even with truth-based dramas, there needs to be a justification for telling it now. And sometimes it's just so timely in the consciousness of our society that it really does compel telling the story now. And there's an urgency behind approving the stories for either publication or for production. For example, the movie Spotlight, which by the way is a true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation and cover up within the Catholic Church. There was urgency in terms of why that story needed to be told right then. So you want to ask yourself, is there urgency for telling this story now? Okay, number eight, is your story visual? Now, I know that that sounds like a funny thing to ask yourself in terms of whether or not it's commercial, but the truth is the most visual stories are the most commercial. Think about Stephen King's books. Almost every one of Stephen King's books gets made into a movie. Why? Well, because it's so visual. They're just so visual. So if you're a novelist, the better you are at writing visually, the better you have a chance to have your film made into a movie. And if you're a screenwriter, the more visual it is, the more interesting it is. Now, of course, you have to figure out how to write it visually in a way that is true to the story and isn't just arbitrary and detached and trying to be cool. Nevertheless, If your story is visual, it's going to have a much better chance than, say, a drama that is more like a play. 
Number nine, what is the budget? Now, this is important, even if you're writing a novel. Now, of course, in a novel, you have carte blanche. It doesn't matter, really. You can have the most expensive epic in the world because it doesn't cost anything to read it. However, if you're writing children's books, there are limits to what they want you to do. There are limits to the number of colors, for example, because the more colors, the more expensive. There are certainly limits in terms of gimmicks or devices. If it's a pop-out book, for example, that's going to be more expensive to make. So you have to still consider how expensive it is going to be to make your book if you're writing for one of those particular age groups. However, for screenwriters, this is a huge consideration because if your film is super, super expensive, especially now because it is completely up in the air what's going to happen in the film industry. Everything is in the process of being sifted and shifted and changed because all of our traditional distribution routes have been completely disrupted and therefore nobody is quite sure what's going to happen. Also, Hollywood hasn't been able to release films in movie theaters for a long time now thanks to COVID, which means they're not getting money back from that box office that typically then covers them for the bombs that they have and allows them to continue making product. Hollywood is in trouble in some ways. So nobody really knows what's going to happen over the next year as all of this gets sorted out. But what I can tell you is that makes whether or not you have a high budget film or a low budget film a much greater consideration. That means that as you're writing, you need to start thinking in terms of budget. You can't have huge, huge casts, a ton of bombs going off. You can't blow up the Kremlin or whatever the case may be. Now, yes, you can still have car chases and yes, you can still have things that blow up, but you have to be cognizant of it. You're not writing Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible can get made because it's already a brand. So you can have chase scene after chase scene of the most expensive things in the world. But most of us don't have that luxury yet. So you have to be cognizant of the budget. Now, the very last category that I'm going to question you on is number 10. Are you the best one to tell this story? Now, this probably sounds funny in terms of commerciality, but believe it or not, it comes into play because ultimately the author becomes part of the promotion and part of the reason why people will get involved or invested in a story. And not every person can tell every story and not every person is the best person to represent that story. Sometimes we may be too close to the story or we might not be familiar enough with the world or perhaps we're not good at writing women and it's a woman's piece. You may be the person to create the idea, but another writer maybe has to tell it. Maybe this time you just get story credit and you let somebody else write it. Now, obviously that doesn't work for novels, but maybe you collaborate or maybe you tell it in a slightly different medium. Maybe it's not a novel. Maybe it's best to write that as a comic book. I'm not sure. The point is you need to make sure that you're the best one to tell the story. And that's going to help when it comes to promotion and selling the film. So those are ways that you have to test whether or not your story is commercial. Now, obviously this list is not exhaustive, but this should get you started. Think through these things. If you can't say yes to at least three of these, 
then you're probably not making the wisest choice about which story to tell. The fact of the matter is we want to maximize our chances for success. It's already hard enough. So why not make sure it's commercial and that will serve you well. I hope that this has been a helpful episode for you. When we come back next week, we're going to dive into genre because genre is an essential piece of the puzzle in terms of determining whether or not your story idea is any good. Until then, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on the Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe. May you go forth inspired to change the world for the better through story.